uh, because he gave people from Canada at number 10. Um, it, it outgained Virginia Tech in the game, 324 to 296. Uh, the three turnovers really killed them. Uh, noticeably late in the game, though, I, I noticed uh, the offensive line did not play well at all. Uh, I, will, I will look for them to probably right the ship a bit here this week against Georgia State as a 25.5 point favorite, maybe take out some frustration. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not really into playing big favorites like that typically. Uh, Virginia Tech, on the other hand, they get Middle Tennessee a week before they'll face West Virginia. Uh, so it's a major sandwich game. Big on their uh, quarterback, um, you know, kind of one dimensional. Uh, so, if you're asking, I think he's probably one dimensional, but kind of big. Um, and I, you know, I'm not going to overreact to them upsetting North Carolina here. Another big one uh, that kind of really surprised me actually Oklahoma nearly losing to Tulane as a 31 point favorite. Um, Oklahoma survived with a 55% post game win expectancy. Enjoyed uh, half a yard per play advantage in the game, um, and only a 45% success rate, which, which isn't typical of the Oklahoma offense. Uh, Spencer Radler had uh, a great game. That will be the highlight: is his two interceptions. So again, I don't want to overreact. I'm more concerned with Oklahoma's defense, which gave up 35 points here. I mean, we were told in the offseason, and I mean, we saw a little bit of it last year, that Oklahoma's defense has improved and it's completely better. Um, There's really not an opportunity this week uh, to back them unless you want to play them as a huge favorite, which might not be a bad idea. Uh, Wisconsin was Penn State. Uh, the story of this game, Wisconsin had four opportunities inside Penn State's 25. They got zero points out of it. It was very evident to me that Graham Hurts struggled at quarterback for Wisconsin. And the, and the data really backs that up. He had a negative uh, .696 total pass EPA while outside the top 100. And minus 12 and a half points lost in turnovers and sacks. Uh, he's very good throwing the ball accurate in you know the one to ten yard range, but no explosiveness. And um, you know he just he really didn't look like that five star quarterback that was supposed to take the next step this year. Uh, Penn State is in a major sandwich game this week against Ball State as a 23 point home favorite. Um, the week before they play Auburn at home, um, so you know. I think that they may use this as momentum, or they may look ahead to SEC Auburn. I mean, James Franklin's been known to run the score up against bad teams or teams that, but maybe not so much against uh, Group Five opponents. So uh, it's definitely worth a look. Uh, I know some Penn State uh, fans, diehards that are already playing Ball State, so um, I'm not going to blindly do that here, uh, just because they have Auburn on deck. Um, so worth noting uh, that. Penn State also had Sean Clifford did not play well in this game. He missed some wide-open receivers downfield. He did connect on some, uh, but the, the talent on Penn State seems to be legit. And their defensive line uh, issues or concerns uh, seem to be addressed. They, I thought they played extremely well, um, considering they lose two guys to the NFL, and then they lose another starter before the season to injury. So uh, Penn State looks, I mean, they look pretty good. Overall, other than you know, still the story with Sean Clifford. What 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 is he at quarterback? Um, so that's a big question.
Texas here beats a ranked opponent. Uh, Texas debut with their new head coach, uh, Sark, was a great. They won. They easily covered the spread against a ranked group of five team in uh, Louisiana Lafayette, a Lafayette team who uh, went on the road and beat Iowa State last year. Uh, they had pretty much everyone coming back. Uh, you know, but, you know, this is just one game. Texas quarterback Hudson Card looked great at quarterback for Texas, but, you know, Lafayette still had 22 first downs in this game, and they were only negative 77 total yards in, a, in the 20-point loss. Um, you know, so I'm not going to overreact to Texas and, and say that, you know, Sark is going to do this amazing job better than Tom Herman. I mean, the talent, some of the talent's there, um, but I'm not going to overreact. Texas uh, gets Arkansas this week, and they're a seven-point road favorite. Open up as a four and a half point road favorite. So that's a two and a half line move. We'll touch on that later in this podcast. Clemson versus Georgia. Uh, as many of you guys know, if you follow uh, me on Twitter at Freddie Wills or any other social media, or you just look at my website for my record saver, I had Clemson minus three as my top play, a uh, 4% play. Clear loser. Um, unfortunately, the, the difference was Clemson was driving early in. in the second quarter and had a pick six, which was a huge momentum shift uh, in the game, a minimum of 10-point play for Georgia in the game as they returned for a touchdown. Um, so, uh, but the story here, both defenses dominated in this game. Clemson's offensive line really looked bad as they continue their struggles of creating balance in the running game. I think that really does not help the Clemson quarterback, uh, DJ, and I'm not going to even pronounce, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Um, these two defenses will carry these two teams. I'm, I'm looking to fade Georgia when they play good defenses because uh, I'm, I'm not sold on um, their quarterback. Uh, and, and same for Clemson. So um, I don't really think I learned a ton from that game. I think Clemson has a very easy schedule the rest of the way. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see them be tripped up again. And um, same with Georgia. So Iowa dominates Indiana in a top 25 battle. Uh, Iowa is up 31-3 to at the half. And, and they, they honestly, I think they took the foot off the brake. Um, foot off the brake. Foot off the gas in the second. Uh, but they only outgained Indiana by 70 yards and had uh, pick six to help their scoring along with three total turnovers forced. But all the damage was done in the first half, so you really have to look at that. And um, I'm kind of surprised to see them as a four-and-a-half point favorite at, or a dog at Iowa State this week. Uh, you know, Iowa State uh, gets a ton of hype because of Matt Campbell, but they can never seem to get past Iowa. It's always a really tight game, and it's always uh, a game that they always end up losing. So I, I really find it interesting to find them as a four-and-a-half point dog. We see it come down to three-and-a-half a couple chops. Um, but Iowa, definitely one of my leans here uh, for this week. I really was impressed by Iowa's uh, quarterback, Petrus, who was said to all camp that uh, you know he made huge strides. And I, I broke this down a little bit in my preview on the website. I did post a couple articles. Uh, Iowa versus Indiana was one of them. I, mean, I wanted to bet Iowa. I wanted to see a minus three. never saw it. Uh, so we didn't play it. Fortunately, the spread didn't even matter in the game. Um, uh, Petrus really took the next step, it seems like. Um, they got... A dynamic running back and Goodson. Uh, I I was a good team here. Uh, it's gonna be a very interesting game this week. One that I'm definitely gonna be interested in watching. Uh, another game back to Friday night. Duke loses to Charlotte. We gave Duke out as a premium play. You know I thought they were the right side. Duke had opportunities to go up multiple times by double digits in the fourth quarter. 
there are two turnovers, uh, one that happened on the goal line. One of the biggest reasons why uh, they lost this game and didn't cover. They, they outgained Charlotte by 102 yards. Uh, Charlotte, however, dominated time of possession. They had a balanced offense, so I really, you know, I can't really say it'd be bad uh, because Charlotte's offense moved the ball on the ground and through the air, 478 total yards. Um, but Charlotte's defense could not stop Durant, who had 255 yards rushing. You know, I, I think Duke probably covers this Friday against an FCS foe, um, especially given a Cutcliffe's uh, history against non-Power 5 or non-conference opponents. He's dominated. That's one of the reasons why he gave out Duke as a premium play. Um, it was a loss. You can go over to FreddieWills.com and see that records table. You can click to view my archived analysis. That's another thing that I always leave available to my listeners, and, um, you know, it's just, it's just more transparency. Arkansas, uh, moving on, Arkansas dominated the fourth quarter in their game. They scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, I think that the final score makes them look better than they actually probably were in that game, which, uh, again, I'm, you know, I'm leading Arkansas this week against Texas. It's going to be something that I'm going to have to go back and look at because they only outgained Rice by 65 total yards. And they were out first down and lost the battle of time possession by over eight minutes. Uh, Rice had the lead at the half and extended it to 17-7 before Arkansas kind of woke up. Uh, there's no buy low, sell high opportunity here because you know Rice plays Houston this week, who lost to Texas Tech. Um, you know I would have been feeling better if, if Houston beat Texas Tech, uh, but of course you know I, I did give out Texas Tech as a, my money line dog play, um, so that was a uh, a nice winner this week. Um, just making a note here. Um, moving on, Rutgers dominates 61 to 14 uh, over Temple. Uh, but is that the real story? I think this game is a little bit misleading when you consider Rutgers scored 61 points. It's crazy, right? Um, Temple actually cut this game 26 to 14 in the third quarter, uh, but they really couldn't overcome five turnovers in this game. Uh, they were dominated in time of possession. Temple was just one for three on fourth down, so add that in with the five turnovers. They, they really set Rutgers up a great field position all day. Um, they were two for 13 on third down. Um, I think the defense played better than the 61 points allowed. Uh, you know, Rutgers is not this good, and Temple is not this bad. Rutgers' defense played well, and their offense not nearly as good as the total point output. We may have value here this week. Rutgers or Syracuse on the under. Because of that, uh, I'm not sure Rutgers should be a two-point road favorite at Syracuse either. Uh, so, you know, Syracuse is probably on my leans here this week. Syracuse won and covered their spread. Uh, the defense did not give up a touchdown in the game, which was very impressive. Uh, they did allow Ohio to move the ball on the ground and through the air. Uh, so that's a little bit misleading, the fact that, you know, they, they didn't give up a touchdown. I don't think Syracuse defense is as good as they showed. Uh, so this 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 week's game against Rutgers is going to be very interesting, especially because you know I, I said that I would maybe lean towards the under, but um, again, I, you know I don't know that Syracuse's defense um, is as good as they showed last week against Ohio, uh, a team out of the MAC. So um, moving on, we got two more games to talk about here. Texas A&M dominated Kent State. They went 41 to 10 despite five turnovers as they had four interceptions. Uh, it's, that's a bit of a red flag when you're talking about Texas A&M having to replace Kellen Mond. Um, you know, I could only imagine what the score would have been if they did 
not turn the ball over. Yeah, I'm not rushing to back a team that threw four interceptions and will be heavy favorites all year long, including this week on the road against Colorado. Um, so, you know, I know a lot of people are high on Texas A&M. I need to see more. I need to see that they can take care of the ball. Right now they can't. Um, as a reminder, you predict the, the turnover battle, you will cover uh, 70% of your games in college football. Um, maybe not quite 70%, but I know it's a high, it's in the high 60s. So just predict who's going to turn the ball over, right? It's easy as that. Um, obviously, turnovers are, are quite random, but sometimes they're not. So um, that's just uh, another thing that I've learned over the years. Uh, the big one, and I was high on Washington in the offseason of the Pac-12. They get upset by Montana. Uh, yeah, you read that right. Uh, it happened at home. Uh, maybe they were looking ahead to Michigan. Maybe Jimmy Lake is not that good of a head coach, but the stats show that you know they were they were negative three turnover margin. Uh, that went along with the offensive struggle. They only had 291 yards in the game. Um, they did enjoy a 21 to 10 first down edge. Uh, you know Washington was a two point dog uh, at Michigan for this week, um, and now they're a six and a half seven point dog at Michigan. Uh, so a classic by low sell. High situation here is Michigan dominated Western Michigan, which which they always tend to do that against the group of five teams. Um, definitely going to be looking at Washington plus seven. Will I be able to pull the trigger? I'm, you know, I'm really not sure. I love a plus seven and a half, but the fact that um, Washington loses to uh, FCS team, you see this every year. I don't know the exact stats. I'll try to find those for you guys. I link them in the show notes, but. Whenever you see these teams, uh, Power 5 lose to an FCS team, they usually go on to have a winning season against the spread. And that's the reason why is because there's too much of an adjustment in uh, the odds makers' power numbers, and Washington holds line value. Plus the players, the team, the coach, it's a wake-up call. Um, and, and they're back, back to the grind and giving up full effort. Uh, you don't think Washington... Uh, is going to be motivated to play this week against Michigan. They also could have been looking ahead to Michigan. So uh, a couple factors there, and I'm not going to overreact. Um, I think you're getting a ton of line value here with Washington as a seven-point dog at Michigan. Again, Michigan, Jimmy Harbaugh hasn't been able to win these big games. Washington was ranked uh, just this past week. Uh, they won't be this week, but, um, you know, <laughs> if Jim Harbaugh loses this game, uh, it's going to be pretty crazy because he – has not been able to win the big game. Uh, so moving on to my week two leans. Again, I, I still don't know that we know a ton about these teams. So I find my leans in either you know misleading finals or just some, some of these line moves. I spoke in previous podcasts on week one and week two, steam moves and fading them, backing them in the group of five or power five. And here are some of the situations that impact this week. Group of five steam moves of two and a Two to three and a half points for a group of five, as in a away dog, has gone 12 and 24 spread since 2015, including this year and last week where it went one and four against the spread. Uh, so I know that's a little confusing, so I'll give you a couple examples. Two games that fall into this week is Toledo plus 18 and a half against Notre Dame. Uh, at open, it was plus 16 and uh, I'm sorry, at open, it was plus 18 and a half, and now it's down to plus 16 and a half. Uh, so this would say play Notre Dame. Minus 14 and a half. Um, the other game is UAB opened up as a 26 and a half point, now down to 24 and a half. Uh, unless it gets to 22 and a half, Georgia is the play. 
Uh, it almost seems, uh, and the reason that is, because if you're talking about moves of more than four points, it kind of goes in the other direction. Uh, so it almost seems that the early money push is to get the, you know, under key numbers like Notre Dame minus 16 and a half uh, for bigger money to come back in on that favorite. Um, the same is true for away favorites moving two to three and a half points. They're just three and ten against the spread. When when we're talking about when it's impacting a group of five team, an example this week, San Diego State opened up as a one and a half point dog, and they're now one point favorites. Uh, so again, uh, play here would be Arizona as a home dog. Now moving on to the Power Five. Uh, these are, this is steam moves involving any Power Five team. They could be playing a group of five team. Just any steam moves involving a Power Five team. Um, and overall, if you just blindly fade those line moves of two to three and a half points since 2015 during week one and week two, uh, you would go 74 and 49 against the spread. That includes five and five last week. Um, again, where you got to be careful is where the line moves more than four points. I think that's that's uh, basically Vegas trying to, uh, or the odds makers trying to adjust it for all the money coming in. They they made a mistake in the line, um, so it moves more. Where if you see the two and three and a half point moves, it's it's kind of um, legit. So fading those power five team steam moves from two to three and a half points as favorites is actually is even better. Forty six and twenty six against the spread, and we have several this week. We have Eastern Michigan plus 24 to plus 26. Uh, so that play would be, uh, and this is against Wisconsin, so the play would be on Eastern Michigan plus 26. Uh, again, unless it gets to 28, 28 and a half, uh, where we're seeing more. And again, these, these are the games you have to play late. You can't really play them now because Wisconsin could go to 28, 28 and a half. And, and you didn't get a good, you, you got a worse number, but also Wisconsin's probably the right play. Uh, Cal is another one against TCU, opened up as a 11.5 point dog, now, uh, or a 9.5 dog, now plus 11.5. Tennessee, plus 3.5 is a play. They opened up as plus 1 against Pitt at home. Uh, Oregon, plus 14.5 from plus 12 at Ohio State. Uh, again, I can easily see that one going to 16.5, 17, so um, I'll be keeping an eye on that one. Uh, but if we see it stay at around 14.5, go back to 14, Oregon might be the play there. Oregon, very similarly to Minnesota, strong in the trenches. Uh, so, and, and Minnesota really played right with Ohio State. Arkansas, uh, we talked about this game earlier, uh, opened up as plus 4.5, now out to plus 7 versus Texas. Stanford, plus 13.5, now out to plus 17 versus USC. Um, maybe... Uh, overreaction, USC covered against San Jose State. Looks great doing it against a very good San Jose State team. And Stanford looks just absolutely miserable. I was my free pick last week, so I apologize, apologize for that. For those of you that followed, again, um, not typical for my free picks. Again, here's the catch. Uh, you have to play these late if you're going to blindly back, which I don't. Recommend. This is just one way for me to get leads and line value early in the season. Um, if the line moves four plus points to favorites, they're actually 23 and 13 against the spread, uh, which includes 18 and 9 at home. So, again, for example, if Ohio State, which opened up as minus 12, has moved to 14 and a half, if they move to 16, 16 and a half, 17, uh, Ohio State is actually the play. 
the idea really is that there is a massive mistake in the opening number, and the books have no choice but to react and adjust throughout the week. You know, I would stay away from this personally, as my stats are only related to the opening and closing number. But one game fits this situation this week. It's South Carolina, which opened up as a plus uh, two dog, and then now they're out to a two and a half point favorite, which is a four and a half point move, and it seems warranted. But again, that line can go back the other way. So um, again, it's really just a spot for me to take a step back, have these teams as leans, look into the numbers more and, and the teams and the players and the injuries and all that stuff. It gives you a way of, of narrowing down from looking at 60 to 70 games a week to maybe 10 or 20 and finding your best plays from those. That, that's kind of something that I've done over the my career. I also have my algorithms that um, formulas that predict the outright winner of every game. That's how I find um, – I've used this for 12 years. Uh, that's kind of how I find underdogs with value. So uh, definitely part of my process. So, again, make sure you check out FreddieWills.com. Subscribe to that premium pick newsletter um, and my free picks by signing in using your Twitter, your Amazon account. You can sign in with Google. You can sign in with a regular email address as well. Um, good luck in week two. Uh, again, I'll, I'll be putting out some more information on uh, Instagram. I'll link my link tree um, in the description, so check that out as well. Thanks.